So everyone, welcome back to In 10 Years Time podcast with me, you and Blake Quay. Today's guest, uh, very uh, very happy to get Ben Wiggins on. Uh, last name might ring a bell to a few of you, um, but we'll get into more about Ben in this. Um, obviously, Ben, you're 18 years old? Yes. Yeah, yeah uh, and you won the silver at the Junior Time Trial World Champs and also the gold Madison uh, Junior World Champs as well. Um, so first of all, when I start these, I always go uh, the guests' personal life, it's like they're growing up and stuff. So you're born in Ormskirk, is that yeah. right? Yeah, and, like, near a little town near Liverpool. Yeah. Uh, what was it like growing up there? Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, we, I was just born there. I didn't, we didn't, we only lived there for couple of years uh yeah it was just pretty normal i've moved to spend my childhood sort of moving around quite a lot so, yeah um yeah didn't really grow up as such in that area but yeah I, it was a it was always fairly safe area it's brought made uh never really had anything this sort of dangerous or anything like that so right like, yeah and you talked about moving around. Uh, I'm presuming is that something to do like your dad's, uh, your um, dad, obviously, yeah. dad being Brad, uh, Sir Bradley Wiggins. Yeah, so he spent, spent a lot of time in Spain. Um, yeah. Like, uh, spent a lot of time living in Girona. So I started school there. Um, and then moved to Mallorca then. But spent, I mean, we spent, I spent most of my young years bouncing in between between Spain and around here. So, uh, but yeah, it was, it was, it was a good experience to have. Great, yeah. I think, uh, learning a bit of Spanish and yeah, experiencing different culture. And mm. yeah, I've always got somewhere I'm familiar with abroad as well. So you speak Spanish? Uh, not so much anymore, <laughs> but, uh, I did when I was younger, I could. You could, yeah. And it was, it was, it wasn't actually Spanish. It was Catalonian. Which is, oh right! Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, Jerome, which is isn't actually it? which was sort of pro- part of the problem with going to school there. Partly why we came back pretty. I, I came back to school in England pretty soon after. Oh, because of what went down over there. Yeah, it was just because Catalonia. You can't like it's just there. They use that language. Yeah, so it's yeah. Not, you know, you can't. There's no use anywhere. That else is that is fair enough. Catalonian, so yeah, I mean, I'm from Wales, and I guess. The only place yeah, well, that uses that uses Welsh yeah. is Wales. Apart from there, there's a place in Argentina called Patagonia. They speak a bit of Welsh. Yeah. Um, uh, am I right in thinking you're the only son in your like? You've got a couple of yes. sisters. Yeah, I've got two sisters. Get on with them, all right and um, stuff. Yeah, I've got a good relationship with my sister. She's seventeen, and then I have a younger sister who's two, yeah. two and a half now. So. Yeah, and how was school for you in uh, Lancashire and also like in Catalonia? Yeah, it was good. I went to, I went to um, started off at a comprehensive primary school near where we used to live in Eccleston, um, and then when my dad's profile started building, we moved. I moved. We moved to um, a private school, Kirkham Grammar School, which was also tied into me playing rugby at the time, mm. um, and. Yeah, I've got, obviously, I think, yeah, it's made me the person I am today and I'm grateful for what the Kirkham grammar in particular did for me. Yeah. Uh, I've got some friends for life from there and stuff like that and it was, yeah. And was there, like, what did you, 
apart obviously you're a cyclist now but was there anything from school that you want that you're thinking about doing long term apart from rugby like anything like academic or anything like that no (laughs) no I've always always wanted always wanted to do something in sport I had like a small like GCSE I had an interesting sort of PE you know Mm. what you do with the sort of how your body works stuff like that Mm. Um, you know just just in case God forbid I had a horrible injury or something, you know, I always wanted to do something in sport, regardless of whether it's on the pit on, on the pitch or doing what, mm. um, or working behind the scenes. So yeah. Um, but in terms of in the classroom, no. <laughs> yeah. So uh, what were you, were you like a naughty, were you naughty kid? No, I, was, or you just... I wasn't naughty. <laughs> no, I was just, um, I've actually recently found out I have ADHD as well. Oh, okay. So it explains my energetic, how energetic I was growing up. So, right. Um, yeah, I just struggled to concentrate with things I wasn't interested in. So, but I think my main interest was always sport and yeah, going into some sport in some form. Uh, you so you mentioned you did rugby yeah. as well, and you so you did you took that pretty seriously, like that. You've you know you, um thing at school was it rugby league you were doing was it was um, it union no, I, so I, started, I know around this part of the world rugby league is quite yeah i started same. when we used to live in eccleston near which is near wigan and um, mm-hmm. obviously wigan have a very big rugby club um and rugby league club and uh so i started off at oral st james um which is just was my local club mm. playing rugby uh rugby league and then when i moved to kirkham it was union and yeah, played union then until I decided to stop playing rugby. Right, what would you prefer, league or union? League every day. Really? I was just growing up with it. My mum, my mum's from Wigan, um, yeah. and she grew up watching Wigan Warriors play, um, and my granddad uh, as well. Uh, he's a big fan. Mm. So, yeah, I've always watched it. I've never, never had an interest in union really. Really, not not at all. No, just... I think I'd, I'd. To be honest, if I'd carried on playing league, I'd, I'd, there's a good chance I'd still be playing. Right, yeah. Um, I think just yeah, it just wasn't for me really. The it's a, it's a different it's a different environment altogether. Just the two games, I think you know. Yeah, I, unions like, a bit more like upper class yeah, kind yeah, of, exactly. isn't it? Yeah. I think yeah, you know, I, I sort of I like to think I um I, I prefer those envi- the sort of the environment. Yeah, a bit yeah. More rough and tumble rather than yeah, you know the. I don't, I don't want to offend anyone. Yeah, no, so no. I, I just, yeah, but... No. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. No, that's interesting you said that because when I s- talk to a lot of athletes that are performing at a high level, they they often come from, like, struggling backgrounds or environments and then that's what motivates them. Obviously, you being the son of one of the, one of the greatest cyclists ever from this country, obviously, it's not like that. So, do you, so where I'm interested in knowing where you think you get your motivation from. Um. Yeah, I know. That's definitely a good point. I think... I think my mum and dad did come from that sort of background. Yeah. I think, um, and they've done a good job of keeping me grounded, both mm. of them. To be, um, and I think just the environment I grew up in as well. Like, um, I have a the school I went to. We had a lot of kids coming from places like, you know, deprived areas like Blackpool, and you know, you had pretty, you know, I say when I said before I went to a private school, it was a, it was a good mix of people that you know were. You know, so I wasn't, I'm not this, I didn't go, I wasn't sheltered kid that, you know, not, I know I've, I have a good understanding of real life, I, I like to think. And, mm. but my motivation, I think it just comes from, it's more, you know, it comes, it comes from more just trying to 
prove to myself and you know that I'm I think I'd be lying if I said the motivation for me wasn't to be I don't want to be seen as oh he was just Bradley Wiggins son mm. um, I want to be I want to be you know I want I've said to him to his face you know mm. I've said to him that I'd like I'd like him to be known as I want him to be Ben Wiggins dad at one day you know? yeah yeah what does he say to that okay, yeah he's I mean well he's all it. for it yeah, yeah I mean yeah. he's he's my biggest supporter yeah um so that's yeah. good and obviously you you got through cycling through him obviously but was there any subconscious pressure uh for you to go into cycling uh or you know um i guess so yeah i mean it, i i sort of always knew it was going to happen at some point <laughs> but um yeah um it sort of just was an actual thing but i was never pushed into it or anything mm. um I, yeah I, I did have a bike from very <laughs> young I can, as early as i can remember but yeah. um definitely wasn't pressured into it you know i was I, if anything i was probably encouraged more to do other things as well so mm. yeah and that ta- and that obviously saying you want to grow out of your dad's shadow or ever like does that ever i'm sure you'll grow out of it because you're pretty you're pretty f- 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 good at cycling but um does that ever like bug you when like people say oh yeah you're only in it cause... not anymore no um because I've achieved my own, you know, mm. I've got my own achievements now. Yeah. And um, I think back, back when I, um, when I turned junior two years ago uh, and, you know, I started racing abroad, especially in places like Belgium and France where yeah. it's their national sport. So mm. it's like the equivalent of David Beckham's kids or mm. Wayne Rooney's kids, Stephen Gerrard's kids going, playing football in Brazil or, or just in Europe, it's like yeah, it's like like it's like there. Sorry, let me start a bit again. No, that's okay. So it's like it's like me going me going to Europe, racing in France and Belgium is like basically the equivalent of David Beckham's kids or Steven Gerrard's kids playing football in England. Mm. Uh, and it was quite hard to deal with that pressure at first because I was just you know mm. it was like oh is he going to be as good? Did you feel like you had eyeballs like? Yeah, hundred percent. I don't know if it. I don't if know if they actually were. Mm. You know, I don't know if it was just more in my head, but but I'm pretty sure that you know there was quite a lot of talk, and yeah, um, I found it hard. Like there were quite uh, yeah on social media, and there were comments and stuff like that. I found myself reading them, and I had to learn to sort of deal with that. But I had my coach at the time help me through that mm. big time, and um, yeah, uh, it's not something I struggle with at all now and mm. uh, I'd like to think I've sort of made my own path now yeah well you definitely have because I mean I didn't before around August September I didn't know much about cycling because so, I, I went uh, to the Asian Games and I was covering the cycling stuff that just so happened to be and it, it was sick um, but yeah no I, I've always wanted to know I mean, not just you but other sports stars like kids and they do that kind of stuff I've always wanted to know how much that affected them like um you if you don't mind me going into it you mentioned that you got recently got diagnosed with adhd so like how did you like come by that like what made you want to get tested for it or um i think just if i'm honest i first first started seeing things on tiktok i think as a lot of people do nowadays (laughs) and i was like bloody hell i've like i've got quite a lot of these like and it was things like I think what really turned my attention in particular was my I can't go to sleep without 
a fan on or something, just some noise. Mm. And my girlfriend's in and she'll tell you it drives her mad. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that sort of started my thoughts with it really. And I was always, I was always the most energetic kid growing up. Um, and parents would be like, but yeah, like he's got a lot mm. of energy, this lad. And mm. just like various things made me think, right. And then I went to, I went to get assessed for something else. I had two assessments that day and I was like, can you just assess me for this? Mm. Um, and yeah, that's where, mm. that's where I got that diagnosis from. And you don't, you're not too, like, you weren't too bothered about it. You were just like, I've just got no, this. No, it just, it just explained a lot of things for me, really. Um, like, I think I used to get absolute, I used to get in so much trouble for being late to mm. my uh to my track camps and stuff like that mm. but i was able to explain it, it just explains why really i just have a, an inability to keep track of time like i was late to this yeah <laughs> i just i think i have more time than i than i do and yeah stuff like it just explained a lot for me really and it's just going to help me moving forward really like right like i and being able to let people know yeah that this is why you know I might, you might have to work around it somewhat, but, and same for me, you know, mm. it's just good to, good to know. And from your cycling teams, have they, ever since that, have they given you like extra support in any way as well because um, of it? No, it's just, it's not, because I, I dealt with it for 18 years, so mm. there's no reason for me to. I guess to, you're just used to it, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, no, so. I don't think there's any reason to make a big, big deal of it, but mm. yeah, I just think, just goes to show, like, I think, but well, I think a lot of sports people do and they just mm. don't realise like, and yeah, I don't think it's, it's not certainly not something to be ashamed of at all. Or, or mm -hmm. I think if anything, it can, it can, it can help you in mm. so many ways, you know, to raise awareness for other people as well. That's cool. Um, in, obviously you mentioned you did rugby and now you are, you're, you're turning pro next year. If I'm right in thinking, it's not for an American team. It's for like an American yeah, sponsored. Yeah. Cause I saw the Hagen's thing and I looked at Hagen's as American, but just sponsored. Um, what made you decide I'm going to go down this cycle? Like, what was the moment that you thought actually I'm going to pursue this now for, for as hard, for as long as I can? Um, I think, um, just around COVID really, um, I'd sort of, I'd sort of started to juggle playing rugby and cycling and then obviously the world shut down for the pandemic and we're at home and I was like, I need to keep fit. And I started, started just training. I asked, I got myself a coach and started training properly. Um, and then I got onto that, then that winter 2020, I got onto the, um, the GB sort of the youth setup. Um, mm. just before you go up to junior and I got onto that and that's when I started really that's the point when I started I was like yeah this is what I'm going to do now full time and um, obviously you do more with like the endurance kind of uh, races now in the track and on the road um, when I went when I went to the Asian Games I, I was quite pleasantly surprised by the track stuff because I didn't realise in my it makes sense because the arenas are so small and the sound bounces off everything yeah. I thought the atmosphere was great for all of them so like obviously you do the, the Madison and stuff but was there were you tempted was there any chance for you doing sprint cycling stuff as no, well no, was, no never um, did you try it at all no 
never no, even tried I've it. Never sprinting. I always like when I was little. I always enjoyed watching the sprints, like the yeah. sprints in the the Kieran. It's called yeah. Um, but it was never something I thought I was going to do. You know, like I think probably you know I wanted to do what my dad did. Probably mm. so. Yeah, mm. I think that was probably. I just never really gave it a thought to yeah to sprinting. After um, when I watched the sprinters, they all every time they came off the other joke, their legs are just like yeah. We have, we have a little joke, like we have a little joke with with the sprinters in the pro in the GB program that you know they're not, they're not actually cyclists; they're just bodybuilders who. Well, yeah, yeah but there is a little bit like that though. It's completely different. I know it's like yeah. it's and technically it's the same sport, but a lot of our they're. My co- one of my coaches said to me, like, you know, we used to say, like, it's, you know, in so many ways, it's completely different because this mm. is a completely way, a different way of training. They they probably ride their bikes. Uh, we ride their, well, like, they probably ride their bikes, like, a fraction of what we do. Mm. And it's not even the main part of their training, if I'm honest. It's, no, uh, when paying, doing weightlifting and well, stuff, yeah, they're, isn't they're weightlifting probably 75% of the time. Yeah. Um, and then... And then the the actual sessions they do on the bike are, they do three three efforts and go home, then, mm. and they do they have like an hour in between them, and then they go home because it's mm. all max stuff. So mm. you know you can't obviously keep repeating that. So but yeah, it's I admire what they do, but it just didn't appeal to me. Cool, and um, you've raced for this season, or I think, or maybe longer. You've raced for Fensham in the amateurs uh, under Giles Pidcock, son of Tom Pidcock, who's won the couple of one-day classics, mountain bike world champs, cyclocross in the Olympics, uh, world champion, world championships, etc. So, how did you meet? How did you meet him? Um, I think we just started when I was a youth and looking for. Like I think when at the time when you're going up to junior, you think looking for a team is a very big thing, mm. um, and it was at the time. It was like the biggest thing to me. Um, mm. And Giles, Giles's team, Fensham, have had been the best junior team in the UK for a number of years, and they had all the best races abroad. And I thought, oh yeah, I think um, someone I race with who was my teammate. At Fensham, his dad knows Giles quite well, and he said, "I've got a group of lads. They're all friends. Um, they race together. They'd love to join the team." And so I actually got in touch with him through someone else, and then started chatting to Giles. And he was quite keen to to help me out as when my dad's team, Team Wiggins, was going Tom Road for them. So it was a quite a mm. like a full circle sort of thing. Yeah. Um, that he helped me out as well and it was it was quite nice yeah and um, I, when I was doing my research a lot of cyclists ex-Olympians were saying that Giles is a really good coach and stuff so why what for you why is Giles such a good coach for in like UK cycling and what is um, about him he just the, he does a lot of work for uh, you know I think as many cycling fans will know that the UK scene is struggling at the minute and I think um, and there isn't a there isn't a lot of pathway for for I'm just I'm lucky that I've been able to get a team and I think this year there's been five lads my age that will go on so far that will go on to race abroad next year for a for a big team mm. and in the UK there isn't really a pathway to to do that um, and Giles is one of the few that tries his best to 
to help lads get through. And um, he can only help so many, obviously, but um, the lads he has helped, me especially and my teammates for the past couple of years, I, we wouldn't be in the position we are without him. Mm. Um, and he's, he wasn't he wasn't actually my coach, but just as a mentor. And, you know, he, he knows he's he'd been through it himself with Tom, helping him get through the ranks. So, you know, just having someone there that was that knew knew how to do it really because it had changed so much from when my dad was racing uh, having someone who knew the ins and outs of it was helpful so helpful for me the past two years and what, what why do you think british cycling is struggling at the moment to get people in um i don't know i think it's just it's not down to one person or anything i think you know the standard of racing unfortunately in the uk is never going to be as good as it is abroad because we can't get closed roads and stuff like that you know the obviously the cost of living crisis in the uk not everyone can pay to go can pay an entry fee to race mm. and drive there etc um but you know it's not it's not down to just one person i think it's just you know it's a group effort that will take to sort of help the scene the domestic racing scene Mm. Do, you f- do you think it's also because some like people like your age or younger you know and they see like football and stuff like that on the tv or boxing or whatever and obviously cycling's not really as quite as mainstream as that do you think that's another reason as well because they don't really just see it as much yeah i think in well i think we had the the obviously we had the the big you know cycling 10 years ago when cav won the worlds and my dad won the Tour de France mm. and the London Olympics around yeah. that. We had a big surge in just at, um, athletes in general, really. Yeah, you know, yeah. With, with, every, with that, well, like London twenty twelve, was not it? With the Olympics, yeah. Um, so there was a big surge. There was a big sort of cycling boom then, I think, and then uh, it sort of died. I think it. Frank, I think my year and the year below me is sort of the last year where it's there's a lot of good riders. Mm. I think below that, there's you know, sort of start to see a decline in the number of kids that we've got racing now and um i think it's just down to there's not enough money to sort of fund everyone to get because i I think i'm not sure i don't i won't quote me on this but i think you know there's not as much funding going into things like go rides and stuff like that which go ride was a thing to get just you know families out on bikes as Mm -hmm. a group and you know you get a you know, just standard coaching on, you know, road safety, stuff like that. And I don't think there's as much, there's not as much money going into that, which is understandable. You know, there's, you know, we've not had a home Olympics for 10 years. Yeah. Now, so, yeah. Um, I think just as well with, unfortunately people are struggling for money and stuff mm. like that. And it's, it is an expensive sport. It takes a lot mm. of time and money Yeah, that not everyone's got, unfortunately. Um, well, yeah, the bikes themselves obviously yeah, cost well, quite a bit of money. And the, the wheels. Well, when you get to my age, you need two bikes, mm. like really, and um, and then even at such a young age, you know, you've got to buy the bike kit, shoes, helmet, um, you know, stuff around it, nutrition, race mm. nutrition, like that's expensive stuff as well. Mm. Um, on top of driving across the country to, to go and do a race, mm. a national series race, which we you'll, you know. Well, is everyone will see you there? Mm. Not just not everyone's got it, and I think there are cheaper alternatives at the minute to cycling. You know, mm. football. You only need a ball, football boots yeah, yeah, and a ball. Yeah, and you know, there's a club. You know, you can find a football club five minutes down the road. Whereas, you know, 
sometimes like my, my I'm lucky that a cycling club is 20 minutes from me mm. but like you know how many people know their nearest cycling club mm. I don't think I, I don't think many people could know, name their nearest cycling club and I think that's mm. part of the problem but yeah, it's just the way it is, what it is, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, I see where I'm from, there's a lot of like tourists come and do cycling, but not as a sport, just as like a jolly kind of thing. So you would think like maybe, but then I guess they're all like retired people or whatever. I mean, they're not going to yeah. race, I guess, are they? Yeah. Unless they do some like over, over yeah. 50s race or something. Uh, I'm just going to pause it. Yeah, no worries. Uh, where we are? Uh, obviously, you're now with is it Hagen's? Uh, Hagen's, Hagen's, Berman, Jacob. Hagen's, Berman, Jacob. Yeah. Um, for next season as a pro, why them? And was there any chance of you going to another team? Um, yeah, I think for me, the main reason was um, the team manager Axel Merckx. Mm-hmm. Um, his dad was Eddie Merckx, who's general consensus. He's the best cyclist ever. Uh, he's like the Michael Jordan of cycling, you know, mm. the Lionel Messi of cycling. Football, yeah. Um, so, you know, I think for me, having someone who's been through exactly what I've been through, and even on a greater scale, you know, he mm. was from Belgium, mm. which you know as i said before it's their national sport yeah the um, pressure he must have been under i don't even want to imagine um it, with the pressure i've been under as well mm. i don't even want to imagine the scale he of pressure he was under and for me just i i was pretty set on going there for quite a while to be honest um and yeah to to have his guidance through the next year or however long i'm there for will be invaluable to me, I believe. So, Did he or Hagen's come to you or did you like go to them? Well, like... um, my dad's good friends with him um, and they just started having a conversation between them two to start right. with. And then around June this year, um, after I'd won a big race in France, he was like, yeah, right, we'll, uh, we'll move on this. And he gave me mm. a call. And from there, it was never really too much of a, too much of a, you know, thought process for me. It was pretty, I was pretty set on going there from the start. I mean, I had, I had a couple other options and I gave some thought, but for me, they were always first option. Mm. No, um, the guy that I went, that I did the cycling with, um, he, I didn't know this because I always thought France was, I mean, obviously cycling is massive in France, but I thought, see, I thought that was the country where it was, the most like biggest sport but it's like, it's belgium actually yeah but yeah. that makes well, i thought it'd be or i think it'd be the netherlands or something like that because uh, it's just flat belgium everywhere and belgium and france are i think the main but most of mainland europe to be honest yeah are just mad about it you know mm. yeah it's just uh it's worlds apart from the uk where you know do you think it is because it's flatter it roads uh, yeah drivers and stuff you know there's just cyclists in the uk are just seen as nuisance yeah but yeah yeah and as, as a driver myself yeah there are, yeah there are some ages. I just... do see yeah but like yeah I mean but yeah it, it's good to experience uh, on mainland Europe you know how mm. how enthusiastic they are about it and yeah mm. it's uh, what makes you what makes me love the sport to be honest mm. so it's, it must, must be like some sort of cultural thing then isn't it yeah I've, I've, it must, I, don't, I don't even know to be honest yeah. but like it's just like you know like football is here it's just everywhere isn't it yeah, yeah. Um, pretty much 
Yeah. No, like like he said, um, I don't know if you watch the Grand Tour Top Gear or whatever, but like Jeremy Clarkson always has a go at cyclists on there and stuff. So I guess <laughs> that doesn't do you guys any, any favours. Then what, I guess like in France or Belgium, if they come up behind a few cyclists on the road, I guess they're like, yeah, they don't they're really just, care yeah, as much, do they? Like, it's just normal. Um, you know, it's not like, they're not a... It's just, it's just normal there. It's always has just, just been a way of life there for so many. And you know, like in places like um, mm. Copenhagen, Amsterdam, everyone has a bike around because mm. it's just the, it's just the go-to way of transport. Mm. So, but it's just yeah. not like that in the UK for yeah. whatever reason. Me and me and my, me and my mates, we hired a couple of bikes in Copenhagen, but it was like one of those electric ones. Yeah, yeah. they were rapid. Yeah. I can go very fast they were. Yeah, they've got them in London now. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. think they're as accepted. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. No, I, I think yeah. it's called like lime or tear yeah, or yeah, something yeah. like that. And they're expensive. <laughs> yeah, 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 they are. Spent 40 quid in two days on a lime bike. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. Where, where was that? In, in London, London? Yeah, just like, I didn't realise you can't pause them. You get charged yeah. for pausing them as well. But And scooters as well. Yeah. Not often like uh, in Birmingham where I did uni, they, they, they yeah. were big on scooters over there. Um, what's next season going to be about for you, if your first season as a pro, like in terms of your development, like is there anything in particular you're looking to... Um, yeah I think just you know gaining as much knowledge and developing as much as I can I think right now the main focus for me I've got a bit of an injury mm. um, which is quite serious and I think it's going to take a couple months to get back to the level I was before and then building on that also mm. um, but for me just riding some bit riding all the big races I can uh, I have some goals obviously mm. as Thing every athlete does but yeah i think for me just gaining as much experience and developing as much as i can that's the main for my first year as a mm. under 23 professional whatever you want to call it mm. and then even get into the next level uh, which is called the world tour which is like the premier league mm. in cycling um that's even that's that's the long-term goal i think mm. obviously talked about your injury is there a time in the new year where you're all like a race in the new year that you're targeting to be ready for and hopefully your um, elbow yeah, would have been there's a track race in Portugal that's my goal but my sort of first goal the goal I want to be like back to you know really back to where I was before was is the probably the track nationals at the end of February okay and then the road season starts after that so mm. but for me the main goal next year I'd like to ride the under 23 Giro d'Italia, which is, mm. which is nice. the, the Italian version of the Tour de Tour France, France, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then the Tour of Britain in September, which, uh, that would be pretty cool. I'd be happy if I was mm. able to, you know, not only ride them, but, you know, perform well there as well. Yeah. Um, how have you overcoming your injury? Like, how have you overcome it? Like, psycholog like psychologically, when you when you when it happened, were you like, oh man, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna be out for longer than I wanted or whatever? Or well, it's still an ongoing process to be honest, because it was only a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, but, um, yeah, just it's just frustrating not being able to do what you're normally able to do mm. um, more than anything. And you know, I just got back to training. I've been on the bike for a couple of weeks. Um, and then, but again, if you told me two weeks ago, I'd be back on the turbo on the mm. indoor trainer training already. I'd, I wouldn't have believed you. So I'm mm. happy with where I'm at already. Um, and then, yeah, it's just, uh, playing the long game and 
yeah. just in the process of getting back to back to where I was. Obviously, uh, at the Junior World Champs, you won uh, gold in the Madison. Um, what do you what do you prefer? Do you prefer doing the outdoor ones, um, like the tours or whatever, the one day classics, or do you prefer doing the Madison or whatever in the in um, the track? Yeah. Right. Um, so I, I always tell someone people ask me all the time if I prefer track or road and I just I, I always say I enjoy I love them both because I have both mm. um, so very different aren't they yeah uh, and you know if I get if I get sick of road racing because you know it's, it's very, they're both very mentally they take mm. a lot out of you mm. and you sometimes you just want to freshen it up so mm. you know say I'd been racing non-stop on the road between March and June. Then in July, I'll just go on the, on the track for a month, do some races there. Um, and then I get sick of the track quite easy because you know, you're indoors all day and it's not, it's not the same at all. You know, you, it's a lot more intense, so you need a lot more recovery in between. So it's a lot, mm. also a lot of sitting around. You get mm. sick of that quite quick, and then go back to the road, do the road for a couple of months, come back to the track. So I wouldn't say I prefer either. Mm. Um, it depends on my mood or what, yeah. I'm, what I'm doing at that time, or how much of it I've been doing at that time. Yeah, and since I saw it live, I've always wanted to ask a cyclist, a cyclist, this, how. How do you do that? How do you practice for like a Madison? Um, I generally just go- training. It's just practicing. But because on the track, there's just so many yeah, like, riders just, and the whole like clasping I mean, the hands we, thing. We taught, if if you if you go into cycling, you taught that from the ages. I think I started doing Madison at twelve, and then obviously Blimey. it was like my dad, one of my dad's events, basically. Mm. And I've always watched it. I've it's always it's always been my favorite track event. So. Mm. Um, it just came naturally to me really and uh mm. yeah like it varies it does vary with the people person you're doing it with mm. some people do the sling hand sling mm. differently um but yeah i mean there's just just practicing really. yeah it's just and getting kind it's more the main thing with it is confidence uh, yeah you have to be confident to do that speed and being yeah. thrown in coming obviously one person's coming in slow aren't they yeah yeah, and the balance as well to like get your hand yeah, out when yeah. you're going at that fast. And I, I, I thought I was sick when I was watching it. Yeah. To be fair, I was like, that is that is pretty amazing. Um, I'm asking this season. I'm asking all my interviewees, like with the I don't know if you follow this, but the whole misfits boxing thing. Because I'm, I'm a bit I'm a bit into boxing, and there's like this debate, like, oh, you know, these guys they're not that skillful, but they've got big these big profiles, and then that's why they doing all these crazy events and stuff. So for you as like a younger athlete, um, how important do you think it is, even particularly for cycling? It's not like we've discussed, it's not even that big of a like a mainstream sport like football. So how important do you think it is for you to like build a social following um, as a cyclist? Well, huge, yeah. I mean, like, I mean, yeah, massive. I think especially it can help you so much in terms of getting getting on a team you know because it can mm. it can also benefit the team if you've got a big following um it can you know and obviously as a sponsor if you're going to sponsor put money into a team to help them go to races and so on and so on yeah know, if you've got a high profile athlete he doesn't even need to be good but if he brings a lot of attention to your company then you're going to put money in um, and that can that can be the difference between you getting a contract and not. Mm. But even more so, I think for me, you know, I've always been 
interested in other things as well. Um, you know, I'm quite keen on like, I'd like to do other things as well and be sort of my main, I think in 20 years time, I'd like to be seen as sort of like a sort of David Beckham profile, sort of like, like a, you know, a lot of people know he was a footballer, but I know a lot of people see him as something else. Like they don't know he was even a footballer. And I think no. I'd quite like it if that was, if I was able to do that. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to be doing that in, uh, building a following will help me do that. Mm. Um, you can't say your dad, a favorite athlete or cyclist of all time. Of all time. Um, I see. I've, I've always, cause, cause I was into so many sports. I think my fate, I've got loads, you know, I think cyclists, I think you got Mark Cavendish and mm-hmm. um, Peter Sagan. Um, I know not a lot, not a lot of people. This is going to be nothing. <laughs> I know, I know Cavendish. I feel, yeah, I know Mark oh, yeah, Cavendish. Mark Cavendish for me. And then um, rugby players. I growing up watching Wigan. I was a, you know, Sam Tompkins, Josh Tar- Charnley. Again, not a lot of people mm. are going to know who they are. Yeah. But, uh, and then I'm a massive Liverpool fan. You know, I fell in love with Steven Gerrard, Fernando Torres, mm. um, Suarez, Coutinho. Mm. Van Dijk, Salah, mm. Trent Alexander. I've just got so many. Yeah. I, I admire so many athletes, you know, Mike Tyson, Tyson Fury, John Jones, Conor McGregor, you know, I'm just mm. LeBron James, Michael Jordan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Go on and on and on. Yeah. About people I admire because they've all got so many different attributes and traits, which mm. makes them great, which uh, I think, yeah. Do you go to Anfield quite often? Yeah, I've got a season ticket. Oh, nice. Uh, so, yeah, it's... Um, Liverpool doing pretty good at the moment. Yeah, yeah, we're we're all right. We're doing, we're yeah. doing decent. I think we're we're going. We're on the right path, and yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to. Still very, it's still early in the season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That. I remember last week when we drew to Luton, and the people were saying we're not going to win the league, and yeah, and we beat Brentford, and it's like yeah, yeah, we're <laughs> we're second in the league, a point off City. So, yeah, yeah, you know. nice one. Um, last question I always ask. Name of podcasters in 10 years' time. So, Ben Wiggins, you're 18 now. 10 years' time, you're going to be 28 in 2033. Where would you like to see yourself in 10 years' time? Um, in think, cycling and out of it as well. Yeah, in, in cycling, I'd like to be one of the best pros in the world. Um, you know, winning stages of the Tour de France, if not the whole thing. Mm. You know, world champ, I'd like to be... World chat. Another. I would like to add a few more world titles. You know, just just be the best I can be. Mm. Um, I'd love to. Yeah, I, I mean, it's quite a hard question to ask to, to answer, to be honest. Because Olympics. Uh, yeah, 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 hundred percent. Yeah, the LA Olympics are like my. Yeah. My main, probably my main goal for yeah. the sort of midterm. Mm. But yeah, I'd love to be Olympic champion, world champion riding the Tour de France, Giro d'Italia, all sorts, you know, I think. And then outside, just have a, have a good following, you know, be financially. You know, Secure. I, I mean, that yeah. is a motiv- I, I don't care what people say. It is a motivation, you know, money. You know? Yeah. Um, and then, you know, hopefully just be, just be happy, to be honest, with what I'm doing, enjoying what I'm doing. And yeah, that's about it. Cool. Ben, thanks so much. No worries. Thank you, mate. Thank you. Cheers.